back in the house of God. I missed everybody. Sunday, I missed your faces. Amen. It's nothing like the family of God. So I am really thankful to be here tonight. Amen. Amen. 119 in the hymnals. I don't know if the hymnals are out, but 119. This is my story. 
watching a, a documentary on, on uh, some of the historical uh, sites that are there in Jerusalem. Of course, you know, if you, if you ever get on there and you ever uh, take a look at what's being done through all the things that they're digging up and uncovering and, and uh, obviously, you know, it's not anything that has been discovered. It's just something that they've yeah, just brought to to light because the world is so against uh, Israel and the people of Israel and, and all the claims that they've been making and and uh, of course who they are and and that that city and, and that land belonging to them. It's just without any doubt in my mind, just from reading the Word of God. 
Amen. That that does that is their 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 city and that is their country. That is their land that was promised to Abraham. And just reading the scriptures just settles the question for me. I don't. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to try to persuade me. Otherwise, the word of God is true. But as one of the the persons that was uh, kind of narrating the whole thing, he was saying that it's amazing. He said how. He said, "We can, we can. Uh, what we're doing right here, and what we're, what, what we're digging up, and what we're finding, all the artifacts and everything." He said, "It's amazing." He said, "As we're going along, he said, we're going along with our picks in our one hand." He said, "And our Bibles in the other." Amen. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Because here you can read it, and we know it's real. We know it's true, and then we're finding it." He said. So he said, "That's." That's how uh, precise God's word is. And that's true. So if it's like that, you know, pertaining to, you know, things like that, it's like that with every other, every other uh, issue and every other topic that it, it, it brings to us uh, just from reading. So I, you know, I'm thankful for that because, amen, we know and, and the thing about it is, it's just, uh, having a desire just to love the truth, just to uh, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But not just knowing it, but just to love it, yeah. and and be lovers of the truth, because that's what it's all about. It's all about Him and uh, His. When I when I talk about Him and His, I'm talking about the Lord. Amen. Uh, about His His story, mm-hmm. <laughs> history, <laughs> His story. Amen. And I'm glad we know him. Everything we're doing right now is is a result of his word. We have obeyed because we have obeyed his word. And it's just as simple as that, you know, uh, like Paul said in one place in the word of God in in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, he said, be not deceived of the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. Because it's it's so simple, and, and a lot of people don't realize how simple it is. And for us to be able to understand its simplicity, and that if we obey His word, God will bear witness to it. He'll bear witness to His word, and we'll know. That's how we know that His word is true. Because if, and when we don't obey His word, there's a reason why a lot of people want to question and they want to say well you don't have to do this and you don't have to do that well no if we want to be technical about it and we're not being judgmental yeah. we're just we're just believers we're just obedient yes. and, and we have obeyed so as long as you obey God's word you're going to find out God's going to confirm his word we're not hung up on signs and wonders. Right. Amen. I'm not. I'm not looking That's for right. signs and wonders. That's Amen. the difference. Amen. I'm not looking for signs and wonders, but when you obey God's Amen. word, yeah. yes. He's going to confirm His word, and and the signs and wonders are going to come because of the confirmation. Right. That's how you know that you are in God. Amen. That's how you know you are in God. And a lot of people want to uh, say that signs and wonders. 
You know, we don't need those anymore. Well, guess what? How are you going to know you have God? But there's no witness. And, and let me tell you something. Our God is not a dead God. He's a God that is alive. So it really makes me think and, 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 and you know, things like that, you know, just thinking about things like that and, and, and I, I just kind of get beside myself and I rejoice because I say to myself, I'm glad I obeyed the word of God. Yes. Amen. I'm glad I obeyed it. That's one thing we all have to understand and realize because we have obeyed. We should have nothing to be ashamed of or we should have we should have no worries yeah. and, and and it's just like the song we sang blessed assurance jesus is mine yes. i know he's mine because he filled me with his spirit yep. Amen. i belong to him and of course he belongs to me now right. he is he's my portion yes right. so we make it personal and yes. amen i'm glad for that it's like so i'm just i'm always amazed because uh, so many people just want to. Uh, what what's really uh, confusing is they want to say they believe, but yet they don't want to believe and obey His word. Right. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. We get our salvation, and we understand salvation, and of course breaking it down and just the simple truth and what it takes to become a child of God, become born again, and, and amen. Once we do that, then it's from there you're going to find out that the Lord is going to definitely, because of that, your humility and your obedience, He's going to begin a good work in you, and, and, and it's going to be the, a process of allowing His Spirit to move in your life and, and bringing you revelation and understanding Amen. in the knowledge of him yes. and so that's kind of the way it is and uh, so I you know I, I look forward to that every time I look forward to it every time we come to the house of God Amen. I'm not going to settle for anything less to the demonstration of His Spirit and of His power. Amen. Amen. Nothing less. Amen. God right. can do whatever He wills to do. Right. And that's that's how we should, Amen. Feel in our in our hearts is yes. we just want to let the Lord have His way, and yes. we want to be able to experience liberty in His presence. And yes. once we do that, you never know what can happen. I mean, there's some. There's some great things. I was watching the other night. Uh, it's, it's the Feast of the Tabernacles in Israel. Uh, Rosh Hashanah. They've been, they've been preparing, I think, since the 29th or the 30th of September. Somewhere around there. But just just the way that they, they come together and just the way that they're, they're, they're preparing themselves. Of course, they're in the days of all right now. According to the Jewish tradition, they're the days of all. And the Day of Atonement, of course, they, they don't, uh, uh, because there's no temple, they can't offer up the sacrifices that they 
uh, usually offer up because there's no temple. They can't do that. But they've kind of, uh, how would I say, readjusted the way they observe it. But it's not, it's not like it was in the days of old. Of course, that we know, we understand that covenant is no longer a binding covenant. And I don't know if all the Jews even think about that. I don't know if it really comes to their mind to understand that the Lord has, you know, from from that time way back in, a, in, in 34 AD, 33 AD, uh, he, he brought in a new covenant and all that was changed. And, but, you know, because of, but Paul said, because of the blindness of their heart, salvation has come to the Gentiles. So here we are. But then there's going to be a day when the times of the Gentiles are going to come to an end and he's going to redirect amen salvation back to the Jews so you think about that so 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 Bible scholars always refer to this as you know the times of the Gentiles that 2,000 year period where everything is going to be uh, directed toward the Gentiles and after that period's over then the Jews are going to come right back into his sight again he's going to focus on his people of course he's he's doing it just by what he's doing right now and of course we have some Jews that are saved Jews I know some saved Jews I know a few Jews that are saved we would call them messianic Jews because they, they, they have accepted and they believe that Jesus is the Messiah but they've obeyed his word they've been baptized and they've been full of the Holy Ghost so so you think about that and and everything that's going on right now is is all you know, their, their, their minds are there. Their minds are there in their, in their traditions, in their customs, but they're not really there to the point where they can understand and see how God revealed His will even through what they're doing right now. It's amazing. But there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day when everything that He's has spoken about in the word it's, it's coming to pass right now it has been coming to pass and we're going to see it all fulfilled and that's going to usher in and let me tell you something we're all going to be able to to watch it and to see it and to experience it Amen. we're going to be here and, and we're going to know what's going on a lot of people don't realize Amen. Amen. We can. we're going to witness and it's going to be come to a an end or come to its fulfillment when the church is going to be raptured up. Yes, amen. Amen. I was listening to them blow the shofar as they were gathering together. They were saying their prayers, and then here comes the shofar. And of course, you know, there's they dip, they blow, they blow, they, they play uh, different uh, melodies uh, that are arranged for the different meetings that they have, and they were blowing that shofar and man I was thinking about that praise God hearing that shofar and, and uh, just kind of thought to myself man it's it's beautiful to know the word of God yes. it's beautiful to understand everything that's being done and just the, the, the whole what everything symbolizes and what we're seeing and what we're experiencing man I tell you what beautiful to be a child of God yes it is Amen. and it just kind of made me you know I got a little emotional there but you know it's just the way it is yeah I'm glad we know the truth and everything that we have been studying obviously 
there, it, there's, there's so much that is contained in the Word of God, and, and, uh, and I hope you brought your handouts tonight. Did you bring your handouts? And, and I know uh, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was watching the, uh, the news clip on, on the red heifers that they shipped over there to Israel. Of course, they're, I think they're, they're not quite yearlings yet. They have a few months before the yearlings. But they cannot be offered up until they're two years old or even older. So they're there, and and I was watching them as the, the rabbis and all those people that are involved with it. They were examining them, looking at yes. them, checking them over. Pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that tells you the story that if they can't be offered because they're they're not quite yearlings yet, they can't be offered until they're two years old or older. And as one person said, so they have a year. They have a year to wait so that they can go through that ceremony of sacrificing the red heifer. Okay? Of course, when you read that in, in the book of Numbers, I believe it's chapter 16, somewhere around there, the, the whole reason of the, 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 the sacrificing the red heifer for cleansing cleansing. Of course, amen, some were saying, well, it's going to be because the reason why they have brought the red heifers is they're going to prepare themselves for the third temple. There you go. That's what they said. Sounds good to me. They're going to prepare themselves for the third temple. So that's the reason why they're there. So that, that tells you something. So if they can't be offered up for maybe a year or two, that tells you just God's plan as far as what's going to what we're going to see as far as the, the third temple is concerned because of what sits there on the temple mount the dome of, of the rock it has to be cleansed okay yeah. has to be cleansed and they go through that period of cleansing 45 days of cleansing that's what the red heifer is for so when they do that guess what's going to happen that tells me, that tells me that they're going to prepare themselves to build the temple. And all this is playing out right now. Yeah, there's five peppers. Yeah. And there's only been nine offered up, all from the course, all the way from when Moses started it. All the way up until now. That's how many years? That's almost 3,000 years or even more. So only nine red heifers have been offered from the time of Moses. So when they offer this next heifer, they say that's going to be the tenth heifer. It's amazing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Kind of gets you ready. Everybody, think about this. It gets, it's getting us ready for the things that are going to happen, the events and... And prophecy, of course, we are, there's, there's so much prophecy that's already been fulfilled and, and even taking us further in. So we're, we're pretty much there. And, and I tell you something. I tell you something. That's, that's not what I'm going to teach on tonight, but you think about it. God's word is precise and everything in the word has, as far as everything he set up with Israel, his people concerning all the, the feasts and all the ceremonies, it all played a purpose for Israel, but it also played a prophetic purpose for the church. Right. Amen. 
So you see that happen, and we're seeing it come to pass. Now think about this. And, and you know, a lot of people, I would say, you know, there's people believe that the Lord can come any any moment right now. He can come any, he can put, split the eastern sky. He could split the eastern sky any moment. Let me, but let me tell you something. It's not going to happen that way. Right. Because the Lord is not going to come except the man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Until he stands in in the holy place. So what does that mean? He's going to be in that temple. When he stands in there, and what he does, what what he does, it all plays, it all plays, falls into that that last uh, period there of the the 70th week of Daniel when it all takes place and how this is all going to just you know, come in and so that so here's an interesting question. And I'm I'm not saying this to try to thrill you or entertain you or any of that. Right. I say this because when you go back and when you study everything that was ever taught concerning the coming of the Lord and uh what he taught his disciples on the Mount of Olivet, which they refer to as the Olivet Discourse, and, and everything that he spoke to them concerning the end times and even concerning Israel. And everything we see in history, let me tell you something. History always history always confirms or verifies the word of God. Right. I say that because a lot of people don't realize how accurate this book is. This book is very accurate. So when you take when you take the time to study it and to compare all these things that have been happening in the world, you're going to find out how, how accurate this book is. Amen. It's very accurate. It's very precise. Yes. And so, pertaining to all this, pertaining to what's going on, pertaining to what we're going to be coming into in, in, in the years ahead, I know there's a lot of people that have been asking, when do you think the Lord's going to come? I say, almost every prophecy, except what Paul spoke about in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses one through four, has come to pass. That's the only thing that hasn't come to pass. Mm-hmm. Every other prophecy has come to pass. So you think about that. When do you think this Lord's going to come? Well, let me tell you something. If God is gracious, and if His will is going to be fulfilled in as far as the church is concerned and as far as his people Israel everything that he set up remember we talked about uh, where, where, where when he instituted the feast he said and, and the feasts are are determined by the new moon those determine the months those determine the times those determine the years Everything is determined by the new moon. And the feasts are determined by the new moon that comes every month. So you think about that. There is a calendar or there is a a way that this is basically, uh, you know, in in other words, following a, a, if I want to say it this way, a certain uh, order of time or a chronological order of time. So we see this happening right here. So, you know, if, if you think about everything that he instituted with the Feast of Israel, if the Word of God is right, which it is right, everything connected in it, everything he taught about it, right. 
the feast. Even, even the Sabbath day. How many of you here know what, when we talk about the Sabbath day, how many of you are kind of familiar with the Sabbath day? Anybody? What it represented? The Sabbath day fell on Saturday. Because if you want to mark the days, actually Sunday was the first day of the week. And if you count seven days, you're going to fall on the Sabbath. So the Sabbath always fell on a Saturday. Okay? And that tradition changed when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost and the new covenant was ushered in. That tradition changed. The apostles began to meet on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. Now, why do you believe that the apostles met on the first day of the week? Good question. Does it apply to like tithing? Give him the first? Mm, almost. Almost. Remember, remember the days were numbered. It didn't start from morning to evening. It started from evening to morning. Yeah. From evening to morning, and it was the first day. So a day was from, from evening to evening. Okay, so evening and morning were, was a, a day. So 24-hour period from, from that. So the Lord resurrected, I believe, 72 hours after he was crucified, after he was laid in a tomb. And so that, that obviously happened. If he, was, if he gave up the ghost, 3 o'clock is when they crucified the, the, the Passover lamb. And they laid his body later in the, in the tomb later on that evening. So his burial had to be somewhere around 6, 7 o'clock in the evening. So he was in the grave 72 hours. He wasn't in there, you know, like what they believe. He wasn't uh, uh, crucified Wednesday and, he, and, and then resurrected Friday. Because that's what they believe. That's not 72 hours. So if we go from even to even, he resurrected, obviously, on that Saturday evening. The, er, the, the early evening of Saturday. So the reason why the, the apostles began to gather on that first day of the week was because that was the day after his resurrection. So you think about that. The first day of the week. The, the beginning, the beginning, the beginning. So how, why am I saying that? Because everything is related. Seven. Seven. How many days in the week are there? Seven. Seven. And how many days uh, as far as a Sabbath to a Sabbath was seven? And and he, he spoke to his people even when they went into the promised land. He said, you're, you're to, you're to uh, obey and keep my Sabbaths. Because the Sabbaths are not just for you, but even for the land. So even the land is supposed to rest. On the seventh year, you're not to plant any seed. You're, you're to let your fields rest on the seventh year. So there was even a, amen, Sabbath for the land so that the land could rest. All right? And if, it did, if they didn't give it rest, guess what happened? He always passed judgment because they wouldn't let the land rest. And that's when we come into understanding what the Shemitah is all about. The Shemitah. So, 
if the word is God is true and everything is done by sevens and, and, and if there are certain signs that are going to happen every seventh year every seventh year everything that happened from, from, from us historically as a nation from the year 2001 September 9th listen to this or September 11th does anybody know what happened September 11th, 2001? The World Trade Center. That was what we would call God's judgment upon this nation. That was part of the blessing and part of the cursing of the Shemitah. So you have another seven-year period. Every, every seven-year period, something happens every seven year period to mark that seventh year every seventh year guess what happened in 2008 you know the economy collapsed so every every 2000 years so another another uh eight or seven years was what 2015 what happened in 2015 Interesting, isn't it? 2015 to 2022, seven years. Three cycles of seven years has brought us to this point, 2022. Usually on the fourth cycle of the seven-year period, something, something happens really on a, how would I say, a world scale. Something that is really defined, something that is, is just, it just something that just basically is going to affect the whole world. So if you, 2022, we're coming to the end of the next year is going to be 2023. So if you count seven years from 2023, what year are you going to come up with? 2030. So what's going to happen in 2030? The Great Reset. The Great Reset. That's a fact. It's not a conspiracy. It's a fact. It's a fact. And you know what's going to happen in 2030? I believe this. That that's when the world is going to shift under the power of the one world government. Yes. Amen. It's going to happen. So you think about that. Interesting, isn't it? Yes. Amen. So when we talk about the seventh week of Daniel, there's, there's like I say, there's, there's leeway there. And all we can do is sit back and wait and see everything that happens. And that's what's going to usher us into that time. All you young kids, remember this. You're being taught this in Bible study and Sunday school. Don't think it's we're telling you fairy tales. Right. Amen. Because we're not. Right. We're telling you truth. Exactly. We're telling you facts. Yes. So when you see this happen, a lot of people don't realize this, and, and a lot of people now they are. They they believe we're living in the end times right yes. now. I believe we are living in the end times. Yes. Look what's going on in our country. Look at the craziness. Look what's going on all over the world. 
Why is it happening? Not just here in this country, but why is it happening all over the world? Well, that's not my Bible study, but that's just something to stir up your, your, your mind to, to really believe this right here. There's a lot of truth in this in this book right here. Amen. There's laughing about you know the government's doling out all this uh, money to to help people. Of course, they're uh, still under the label of all the assistance that they're doling out to people for COVID, COVID relief. All the tribes in the United States, all the federal tribes, recognized federally, there millions of dollars that have been given them to help them. Of course, you know, situation, the economic situation on the reservation. So they're doing that. So if you're a tribal member, you just have to fill out a application and guess what? They, they give you this relief and, and we've been part of that. We've, we've gotten it because we're a tribal member. Yeah. I'm a member of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe and, and of course the Yankton Sioux Tribe and all these other tribes that are, that are part of that. So the government is doing that. And, and uh, but you think about this. I was thinking about this and I said, you know what? Well, that's, that's one benefit of being a, a member of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe. But I'm glad I'm not just enrolled in the Rosebud Sioux Tribe. I'm enrolled in the tribe of Judah. And the benefits there, I'm going to say it this way, the benefits there are out of this world. Because God is going to shake everything in this world. He's going to shake everything. The Bible says He's going to shake heaven and earth. Everything's going to be shaken. So I'm glad I'm part of the royal tribe of Judah. I'm not a physical Jew. I don't have Jewish DNA in my blood, but I'm a spiritual Jew. How did I become a spiritual Jew? Wow. When I was told to repent, I repented of my sins. I was baptized in Jesus' name. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. So I became a part of the tribe of Judah because the Lord is from the tribe of Judah. Praise God. So that's why I'm so thankful. Amen. Amen. Thank you, We're going to find that out. That that. <clears throat> for the Lord. Moving in our lives like that. And we being a, his people. And his, his, his children. Mm-hmm. That that is going to definitely be something. An advantage to us. Yep. Hallelujah. We look at it like this. We think all the material benefits are good. They are. Yeah. I like it every now and then when there's a windfall. Mm-hmm. We get blessed because yeah. it helps. Yeah, it does. I like the financial windfalls as well. Yes. It helps. Amen. And we need a little help. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. So 
you get a little financial windfall. Amen. Praise God. Praise Amen. God. Amen. But we, you know, we're we're always quick to to accept and say, okay, well, I'm, you know, because you know, I'm a tribal member, I can. That's that's my. Uh, Amen. What? How would I say it? That's my benefit. <laughs> well, that's good. But let me tell you something. Life is more than just what we can be benefited by Amen. physically, materially, right. and financially. Amen. There is a spiritual inheritance that is given to us as a result of us, amen, being born again. So I want to remind everybody of that because it's going to come to a time when what's going to go on in this world is going to be a lot of pressure. If you think you're feeling pressure right now, just wait as we go on. It's not going to get any better. So I would want to be connected to the one who will be able yeah. to help me yes. and to yes. lead me on. Yes. Because this, yes. if, we, if we want to be just totally technical about, technical about it, this world is not our home. That's right. We have a heavenly home. That's where we're going to if we obey the Lord. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, if, were there any copies of these? I think there were, weren't there? Did I pass them out last week? Passed them out. We ran out. We yeah. ran out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we had to. I thought somebody brought me some copies back. I can't remember. Okay. Sacrificial system of the Old Testament continued. And, and um, we, we basically were looking at uh, what, we, what we would call the different offerings. And, of course, we're coming out of Leviticus chapter 1 there. We read the scripture there and everything that was commanded to the priesthood concerning the sacrifices. Okay, here's a question for everybody. What was the reason... What was the reason and why did the Lord institute the sacrificial worship that we read about in the book of Leviticus, Exodus and Leviticus? What was the whole reason and purpose of the sacrificial system? Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. Amen. The ability to enter into his presence. Guess what? None of us. Pay attention. Before all this happened, before all this happened, nobody could enter into the presence of God. If they did, they would be consumed. They would be consumed by His glory they would be consumed by his divine nature. Remember this. God, there is no sin in him. God is a, is a, he's holy, he's without sin, he's pure. Amen. Amen. He's undefiled. Amen. You and I 
we're, you know, before we came to know the Lord, we were defiled by sin. Right. Sin defiled us. So sin could never, you know, if sin was brought into the presence of God and a person was full of sin, he would be consumed because of the sin that he was in. Are you getting my right. are you yeah. understanding? So in order to enter into the presence of God, the Lord ordained a way that man can do that. He can enter into the presence of God, but one of the things that had to happen was this. Had to come through a system of sacrifice in order to take care of sin. You read that in the scripture where the scripture says this. Certain, you know, certain comments were made by individuals who said, no man can see God and live. So a person couldn't walk into the presence of God and survive. Right. You know why? His holiness would consume you. Right. Amen. You would be utterly disintegrated. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I remember way back in, I think that movie came back out way back in the 70s. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Anybody ever seen that movie? Yep. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Remember what happened? They were trying to somehow do it that way. But the reason, what was the whole reason why all those Amen soldiers were consumed by those lightning bolts or whatever they were after they took off the cover of the Ark of the Covenant? What was the whole reason why Amen and Hollywood, Hollywood always plays it up, don't they? Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and of course, that is true. What the, what they, how they played it up is true. If you come into the presence of God and you're not a person who is holy, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be consumed. So in order for us to be able to enter into God's presence, guess what happens? We have to take care of the sin that is in us. We were born into sin because of Adam and Eve, because of their disobedience. We were born into sin. Right. Amen. Sin was passed down upon every person. Right. So we were born into it. So we couldn't just, amen, just walk into the presence of God thinking we can approach him. Because we would be utterly consumed. Right. Yes. Think about that. Yes. Amen. So let me tell you something. Here's a question I want to ask some of you because a lot of people will think about this. So that, does that mean God is cruel? No. 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 Just. no. 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 He's not. Here's a good question. Uh, listen to this. He is who he is. And we are who we are. He isn't sinful. He knows no sin. He's holy. He's pure. He's full of light. Huh? He's righteous. He's just. But we're not like that. We're not holy. We're not righteous. We're not pure. Huh? We're not just. We're sinful. Right. Everything we do is sinful. Yeah. And so if we walked into the presence of God in our sin, guess what happened? Just we just we would be obviously 
vaporized, disintegrated. And it's not his fault. <laughs> a lot of people like to think God is cruel. He's not cruel. He loves us more than we love ourselves. Right. So he devised a system. He devised a system that man can approach him. So think about that. Now, now here, everybody can probably agree with me on this, everybody in here, whether you're saved or not. When you come into the God's presence, you ever wonder why people always make statements about coming to church? I don't want to go to church because if I go to church, lightning will strike me. Uh, yeah. Huh? Uh, lightning will strike me down, Bob. There's, there's a little bit of truthfulness about that. Why do you think you feel uncomfortable coming to church? <laughs> Why is it so hard for some of you to come to church? It's the sin. The motions of sin in, in your flesh, as Paul said. That's why it's hard for us. We, we battle with that. Yeah. Oh, yes, you know, we think about it. Yeah, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. But when it comes to going, going to church, we can't. Why? Because that's how much sin has control of you. Yeah. You cannot enter the presence of God because that yeah. sin is keeping you away. That's what sin does. Sin keeps us away from God's presence. So in order for a man to be able to come into the presence of God and to be able to have fellowship with him, he had to devise a system, a sacrificial system. So that we can approach him. And in the covenant here, we see this and so he devised a system so that his people can come into his presence. But in order for them to come into his presence, sin had to be dealt with. Sin had to be dealt with. Sin had to be taken away. Now, listen to this concept. Uh, you go way back. Go with me. Uh, keep your go to. Uh, well, go with me. I don't want to confuse you. Go with me to Romans, and, and go back. And then just we'll, we'll be going back to the book of Leviticus here, but go with me to Romans, and and chapter three, and Amen. And you see here in Romans chapter 3 it says that in verse number 23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Alright? So we see that. We see that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. 
Sin will bring death. Why do you think you and I are always celebrating our birthdays every year? <laughs> what does that tell you? Anybody notice anything about when you, a lot of you young people in here, you're what, 12, 13? But as you, as you grow older, just let me say it that way. Don't get offended at me. As you grow older, or as you age. Now, if, if we had eternal life, we wouldn't age. But because of sin, we grow older. Age, to be true for you, is, is just slow death. That's why we grow old. That's why I have gray hairs. I never used to have gray hair before. As you grow older, you age. So age is slow death. Why? Sin. Because if, if Adam and Eve chose not to sin against God, guess what? They would have lived a life for eternity. But because they chose to sin, guess what? Their life was... What did he say? He said, in the day that you eat thereof, he said, you shall surely die. But remember, they didn't die physically. They died spiritually. So spiritual death always leads us to physical death. And then physical death is going to lead us to eternal death. That's the process. So the wages of sin is death. So because sin brought death, here's, here's, what, here's the Lord... Here's the principle that the Lord brought to us. In order for us to be able to have fellowship with Him, to enter His presence, guess what has to happen? There has to be death. Right. Right. Amen. So, in order for them to be able to do this, He instituted sacrificial worship. Guess what? An animal or several animals had to die and shed their blood so that an Israelite could have access to God's presence. Right. Right. Amen. Are you understanding me now? Is it, is it simple? Yeah. So you think about that. So that's the whole reason why they, they sacrifice. And of course, uh, when you read about the sacrifice and, and everything that happened there as far as the blood that was shed and, and uh, uh, if you go back uh, just briefly just just briefly I, I need to move on um, in the third paragraph there it says so with this understanding we can examine the first chapter of Leviticus and look at the instructions that the Lord gave to Moses concerning the burnt offering burnt offerings could be of the cattle of the flock they were bulls or bullocks sheep and goats fowls were turtle doves and young pigeons Okay. The offering had to be given voluntarily of one's own will. So it had to be done voluntarily. God will not force you. Amen. Amen. Had to be done of one's own accord, one's own will. It was to be sacrificed at the door of the tabernacle. The person was to put or lay his hand on the head of the sacrifice. Now, why is that? I think I asked that question last week. 
So whenever they brought up that bullock or they brought up that goat or that lamb or whatever it was, if it was a turtle dove or a pigeon, they laid their hands upon that sacrifice. Connection. Connection. Transferring your sin upon that sacrifice. Because remember, we're sinful. Transferring our sin upon that sacrifice. And so the sacrifice, amen, was, was killed after that. Okay? The blood had to be brought and had to be sprinkled round about upon the altar. The sacrifice had to be filleted and cut in pieces. Any of you ever butcher a, a deer or a cow or... When you butcher, what do you have to do? You have to open up the cavity. You take everything out. Intestines. Of course, the Bible says the inward parts. So they had to fillet that sacrifice. And they laid it apart. They divided the parts. And then they took the inwards and they washed it with water. And with all the fat and everything, then they put it back on that altar of sacrifice. And it was... It, it was offered up as a sacrifice. Everything was exposed. Everything of that sacrifice was exposed. Even the inward parts. Think about that. So when we come to God, what does the Bible say? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. <laughs> There's one thing about when we come to church and we come and we present ourselves before the Lord and we hear his word. Guess what happens? Everything about us is exposed by the word of God. Right. Everything about us, what we think, what's in, in our hearts, everything is exposed. You know why? Because the word of God is quick and powerful, yes. sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes. So everything about us is exposed. God will. And we know that. We feel conviction when we come. And we know when God, amen, reveals that sin that's in us. Amen. And that's the reason why they did that. Aaron's sons had to put the fire on the altar and lay the wood in order on the altar and lay the parts on the altar. Head and the fat in order on the wood on the fire. The inward parts were washed and then laid upon the altar for a burnt sacrifice. This was done to make atonement. This was done to make atonement. So, so this was done so that the person that brought the sacrifice <clears throat> could be able to have their sins washed, cleansed. And this was just a temporary fix. Right. Was it permanent? Temporary. Only took care of their sins for one year. <laughs> it wasn't a remission. It just covered them. Okay? So, so you see that and, and you see how, amen, when you think about that and, and how that took place as far as God taking care of the sin. So sin always needs to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Let me define sin for you. 
For some of you, you're probably saying, why is S-I-N? I used to know the acronym to S-I-N. I don't know what it is anymore. But it actually does mean something. <laughs> but you know what sin is? Sin is going beyond the boundaries that God has, amen, prescribed for us to live. So ever know, you ever, you ever hear, you ever hear, when we hear about the Lord's Prayer, you ever wonder where that word is inserted in there? Uh, forgive us for our trespasses. What does that mean, trespass? When you trespass, that means you went beyond, amen, a certain point you should have. You go hunting out in the country, you see signs on the fences, no trespassing. But you can be a knucklehead and you can say, mm, I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> Step through that wire fence and you start to go across that property. You're trespassing. Hopefully nobody will shoot at you after right. that. Because they have every right to. Yes. That's what trespassing is. You go beyond the boundaries. Human nature likes to go beyond the boundaries that God has prescribed for them. You know why I say that? Because we're not supposed to kill we're not supposed to lie. We're not supposed to steal. Huh? Uh -huh. And there's a host of other sins we're not supposed to do. So we're not supposed to go on, go beyond those boundaries. Right. <clears throat> so that's what sin is. We go beyond those boundaries. We go, praise God, further than we want to go. Right. Amen. So you think about that. And so here, here we see uh, on the second page, it says the law of the burnt offerings, uh, the law of the burnt offerings. And, and, and if you go over to Leviticus chapter six, it's quite a, a lengthy reading. We might just kind of get into just a little bit of it if you, if you have a Bible. And, and just, I just want to introduce you or familiarize you with the law of, of the offerings. And verse number eight around uh, in chapter six and the Lord spake unto Moses saying command Aaron and his son saying this is the law of the burnt offering it is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it and the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches shall he put on upon his flesh and take up the ashes which the fire <clears throat> hath consumed with the Lord with the burnt offering on the altar and he shall put them beside the altar so here here we see and he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it it shall not be put out and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burning burnt offering in order upon it and he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace the fat of the peace offerings the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar it shall never go out so we see this concerning uh, the burnt offerings so he's giving the priest instructions concerning the burnt and the meal offerings and 
these instructions had to be followed in order for them to be acceptable as a sweet savor unto the Lord. This expression meant that the sacrifice or offering was well pleasing to the Lord. As we examine the laws of the offerings, we recognize that the requirements of each of the laws had to be performed in order for the sacrifice to be acceptable. So you read that in, in chapters uh, 6 and 7 there. You read that there concerning the, the, the <clears throat> burnt offerings and the laws of the burnt offerings. The burnt offering, as we read, burns all night until morning. The fire of the altar shall be burning in it. Priest shall put on his linen garment and breeches to remove the ashes from the altar. The priest must take off his garments and put on the other garments to carry the ashes out of the camp to the clean place. The priest must burn wood on the altar every morning. The fire shall always be burning. It must never go out. So, so what do you think? When you think about the laws of the burnt offering and you see what he's saying here, what, what is that telling you? Continual sacrifice. Continual sacrifice. In other words, this is saying that we always have to be in that mind that we are going to be doing everything that we can to obey and please God. It's something that we can't just do one day and forget another day. As the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. Amen. And acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So in other words, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Why is it that we have... Now, I'm going to say this, so pay, pay attention. Why is it that we have or we suffer certain, uh, how would I say, disparities? Certain problems. Why is it we have certain issues? You wonder why it is that we have, you know, pressure and trial, tribulation, affliction, even infirmities. Why is it that we go through life experiencing these things? Why is it that they're always there? You know what that is? That is the result of sin. Because sin does nothing but bring death and decay, right. destruction. Yes. So it's always working against us. Right. Let me tell you something. It, it will never give you a break. What did, what did the, the Lord tell Cain after he took his brother uh, uh, Abel's life? He told him, he said, Hey, you, and I'm paraphrasing. You need to learn to do right before the Lord. He said, because if you don't, sin's always waiting for you at the door. So we think that sin will take a break. You think the devil's going to take a break? No, he's not. He's active 24-7. He's working against us. 
Did you realize that? Even though you may not know God, the devil's working against you anyway. Yeah. You know why? He wants your soul. That's right. And so that's the reason why the the, the altar, the, the fire of the sacrifice had to burn continually so that we can deal with the sin question in our lives on a daily basis. Amen. Presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. You think about that. If you deal with that, if you deal with those things that are, amen, and working against you, when you, when you don't, when you can't experience what it really is to be truly happy and truly peaceful and really have true joy, <laughs> love in your life, it's because sin is at work. Yep. You can't be content. It always, he always keeps you busy. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 7, he said, the motions of sin in our body. Sin's always working. So how did the Lord deal with that? Well, he, in the Old Testament, he dealt with it with these, the sacrificial ceremonies. Bring all these sacrifices. Deal with the sin question in your life. Amen. Deal with it. Amen. So we see that. Hallelujah. And, and, and it's something how he says, the fire shall always be burning. It must never go out. On that altar. Always be burning. In other words, what does that mean? These sacrifices always have to be made. Always has to be made. We always have to be, amen, doing what we can to serve and please God. Amen. Okay, then he talks about the meat offering. <clears throat> the sons of Aaron shall offer it before the Lord, before the altar. They shall take a handful of the flour, oil, or frankincense, which is on the offering, and burn it upon the altar. Aaron and his sons shall eat it in the holy place in the court of the tabernacle. Baked with leaven, all the males of the sons of Aaron shall eat it. It is most holy. Whoever touches them shall be holy. So, so along with the sacrifices, of course, they had to partake of the sacrifices that were there. But here we come, uh, the meat offering or the meal offerings. And that was the bread, what we read, the bread <coughs> that was made. And, of course, they were made, you know, different ways. They were bacon. They were baking in the pan. They were fried in the pan. And, and whatever the pre preparation was, they brought it. But this was also a part of the sacrifice that they had to be. And this is what, amen, that, that they consumed before the presence of the Lord. Okay? So, so how would we interpret that with the meal offering? Ingestion. Ingestion of God's word. Because they had to partake of the meat offering. They also had to partake of the meal offering, the bread. They had to ingest. They had to ingest. So that it could, amen. You know, they could obviously 
everything that they believe in can be a part of them. So they had to ingest it. And until they ingested it, guess what? Guess what? They couldn't be holy unless after they ingested it. So what does that mean? When we ingest God's word, guess what? The Lord is speaking to all of us tonight. Amen. He's speaking to us through his word. He's speaking us spiritually. So if you hear his word and you want to obey it and you ingest it, you believe it and say, okay, Lord, I want to do what you're telling me to do. I want to obey. You ingest it. Guess what happens? God is going to move in your life and, and, and guess what? You're going to be sanctified through the word. And that work of, word of sanctification is going to obviously do a work where you are going to be, amen. As he said, they never became holy unless they, they partook of the sacrifice. So none of us can become holy unless we partake of the word. Unless we ingest the word. That's why a lot of people have a hard time living for God. You know why? They've never ingested the word. Okay. All right. Have a few minutes here, but I'm gonna keep on going on. Uh, the sin offering must be offered in the same place as the burnt offering. The priest that offers it, it shall eat it in the court of the tabernacle. Whoever touches it shall be holy. <laughs> if a garment is sprinkled with the blood of it, they shall wash the blood out in the holy place. The earthen vessel in which it was boiled, it shall be broken. If boiled in a brazen pot, the pot shall be scrubbed and rinsed with water. All the males among the priests shall eat it. It is most holy. It is not eaten by anybody but the priest. And so that was the law of the sin offering. Now you notice that. The sin offering. Everything that pertained to the sin offering, as he said, if it was made in a, if it was boiled in a pot, that pot had to be broken. If it was made in a brazen pot, then the brazen pot had to be scrubbed and rinsed with water. It is not eaten by anybody but the priest. The trespass offering, offered up in the same place as the burnt offering. Blood of the trespass offering sprinkled around the altar. All the fat that covers the inwards, rump, kidneys, liver, and flanks shall be burnt on the altar. All the males of the priest shall eat it in the holy place. Okay? So that was a trespass offering. Now you notice that we're talking about different offerings. Okay? We'll get to there just in a few minutes here. Then he says the peace offering. If the offering be a thanksgiving, it shall be unleavened cakes mingled with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil, made of fine flour and fried, leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offering. It, if it be a burnt sacrifice and heave offering, it will be the priest that offers it. It shall be eaten the same day that it is offered. None of it shall be left until the morning. But the sacrifice... But if the sacrifice be a vow or voluntary offering, it shall be eaten the same day, the remainder of it on the day after. If any remains the third day, it shall be burnt with fire. If eaten on the third day, it will not be accepted. It shall be an abomination. 
Any flesh that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burnt with fire. All flesh that is clean shall be eaten. Any soul that is unclean and eats of the sacrifice, that soul shall be cut off. And any soul that touches any unclean thing as the uncleanness of a man, beast, or any abominable unclean thing, and eats of the sacrifice of the peace offering, that soul shall be cut off from his people. So I, I, I want you to see something here. You notice we're talking about burnt sacrifices. You notice we're talking about trespass offerings. And notice we're talking about the peace offerings. Three different types of offerings. And these are all a part of the burnt offerings. All right? So the trespass offering is a burnt offering. The peace offering is a burnt offering. These are all part of the burnt offering. So the first offering that you would present as you were coming into the tabernacle, you were coming before the Lord, the first thing that you would take care of is the sin offering. You would take care of the sin that is there because you would want to become clean and sanctified. And so you would offer that sin offering. Okay? So the next thing after the sin offering would be the peace offering. You know why? Because you took care of the sin. You took care of the very thing that, you know, offended God. And you took care of that. So obviously because you took care of it, you made peace with God. So the next thing that could be offered was a peace offering. So you would present your peace offering. Okay? So here comes the trespass offering. Why would the trespass offering be there? The trespass offering is this. Guess what? If they ever, in which they, they did, if they ever sinned against God or against one of their own people, they trespassed. So a trespass offering had to be presented because of their trespass. But all of these to deal with the sinful nature, amen, that was in them. So that they could have present, so that they could enter into the presence of God. Okay? So as you can see, the importance of the sacrificial system used by Israel, the results of which brought justification, sanctification, consecration, peace and fellowship with God. Hallelujah. Is that understandable? Yes. Hallelujah. It's amazing. Of course, these were all a type and shadow of the ultimate sacrifice. Amen. Jesus, what we're talking about. We'll stop there for this evening. We will be having rehearsal tomorrow night, so all of you, those of you that can make it to rehearsal. Tacos. And yeah. Uh, um, if everyone can have this Friday can go have my taco sale Friday. 
So make sure if you have any if we if you have any food donations, make sure to get them. To, uh, bring them here. The food yeah. donation. Okay. Yeah. Bring bring them here. Okay. Thank you very much, everybody, for coming. Good to see everybody. Have a good evening. God bless you. Yeah.